Well, hey, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to introduce what we're doing tonight. It's a little unique, I think, from um, sharings that you normally see. Rather than one or maybe two people getting up and sharing, um, we decided that our whole group was going to take turns. So if you had any hopes of seeing the game after we finish, put them away. <laughs> so we're going to be here a while. No, actually, um, yeah, <laughs> that comes in at intermission. Um, we are going to get up. We're going to try and be concise um, in the way that we do it. We have some slides that we're going to show. And um, I, I want to I read a verse. This was our theme verse when we went down. And it says, but you, it's First um, Peter 2.9, and it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our desire when we um, got together, um, when we went down, and everything that we did while we were there um, was with the understanding, or at least the attempt to understand, that we are his chosen. Um, think of your own children and your love for them and how you um, uh, want uh, for them. And that's how we pictured God loving on us as we went down. And the key thing in this verse, though, is not just that we are his chosen possession, but there's a so that in there. And the so that is that we could proclaim his excellencies. And um, I think our desire is, as we share tonight, that you um, don't so much see the pictures um, and the beautiful place that we were at and the things that we did, although that's a huge part of it. Um, but more than that, we really hope that you see his excellency. We hope that you see what he did. And one of the reasons why we wanted to, to share as a group is because, um, I guess it was back in September or October, whenever we first, whenever the first August, whenever it was that we met first, God drew together a really interesting team of people to go down. I don't think any of us knew each other very well. It was from all different walks within this church. And what he did over the next several months and what he did while we were down there um, through us was one thing, but another thing was what he did within us. And hopefully you'll see both of those as we share. So I'm going to turn it over. Who's, who's leading us off? Mike, you are? Turn it over to Mike. Hi, guys. Yeah, there we go. Um, the seasoned travel, traveler that I am, I got up. Um, packed a few days beforehand, got to the airport early. We each had this big crate that we carried around going down because it was all supplies to the school. Everybody's on time. We're all checking in. I go right up to the um, airline guy, and uh, he starts checking me in, and he said, Mr. Begley, you have an expired passport. Okay. For the last year or so, the Lord has been speaking to me. I can get overwhelmed by life. And, uh, and he's giving me this simple message that was just underlined on this trip. Fear not, show up, be yourself. And right there, I had the opportunity if I was going to trust God or not. And I asked God to help and to make a long story short, short called Valerie. She was, just got home. She grabbed my passport and made it to the airport from without speeding. Didn't, didn't get one red light and made it there in 12 minutes. Gave me my passport, and there we go. Our trip went per perfectly. We didn't lose any luggage. All the flights were on time. We only lost one of our team members for three days, but I'll let Dr. Jerry tell you about that. Um, um, the team was awesome. Uh, you know, like John said, we are 15 to 67, and we are together. Uh, there was just love and unity and, and really good attitudes, and it was uncomfortable down there sometimes. Uh, the reason I picked these pictures is Fiona, Fiona's there, and then you see Emily and Fiona, and Daniel wasn't in any of these pictures, but our three teenagers 
were the biggest blessing, one of the biggest blessings to me. They, they got in and jumped in and did everything that everybody did. They got their hands in the construction project. And all the while, they were carrying three little kids with them all the time <laughs> because they're kid magnets. And, and the kids love you guys, and, and you love them, and we loved you seeing, seeing your interaction with this diverse group. Also, um, John's leadership was awesome, and Bob uh, had leadership in the construction project, and, um, and I, it was so nice not to be in charge, you know, just to be one of the guys, and I, and I just thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, we all had a Bible. Another one of the areas that I saw God um, just spoke to me is in, in the area of expectations and stuff is that we each had a Bible teaching responsibility starting off the day. And, um, and I was shocked with how interactive and how attentive and how neat the sixth graders were that I was with. It was just great fun. And then, and then we all were involved in a project, whether in the school or you'll see the, the, the screen, screen building and um, that was their cafeteria and big meeting place. And we finished the framing of that, put in five courses of screen over the whole thing. I could tell you stories about balancing on the top of an extension ladder, but that's another time. So it was a great thing, and, and God just underlined with me. Um, I wasn't feeling good when I, before I went down. I wasn't feeling good while I was there, and I, that trusting in the Lord with all my heart and his strength perfected in weakness really got deepened for me in that I was just saying at times, Lord, help me just get to the next responsibility, you know. And then we had neat worship times and times in the Word every night. Bob did a soccer clinic after school every day, and, and you, if you, I wish you could see the kids' smiles. You can see them a little bit there, but they just ate it up. It was just a lot of fun. So that's, that's what I want to share. So I was the person they thought I was lost. I knew where I was at all times. So I broke off from the group because I... I have spent eight years, uh, eight of the last ten years as a missionary, uh, five years in um, Ecuador and three years in Malawi, Africa. So, and I started my international journeys in Niger. So the two African countries are among the ten poorest. So Belize was the richest poor country I've ever been to, um, which is all relative. I mean, it's certainly poor compared to the U.S., but. Part of what was going on is, um, as you see, the upper left picture looks um, as jungly as the place we lived in Ecuador. So I really felt at home, but also a longing like, gosh, I wish I could go back to Ecuador, but the hospital's closed because they've done their development and, and moved on. And I also was missing my family because I knew all my kids and would love to be in a place that reminded them of some of the five funnest, most fun years of, of their life. And the way I traveled around was either by bus, which is like an old school bus that wouldn't pass muster in the U.S. and wouldn't, um, and you know they like drove it to death here, and then they drove it down to Belize and drove it some more. Um, and that's how we got around. And then I got around by plane. What I did was I went, I, I went with the way I've learned things work better. I went with a group who knew where they were going and had contacts. And I m then went around to different hospitals looking for places for the residents I teach to go work in Belize. So what I was hoping for, actually, it turned out better than I could have imagined because God was with me all the time. And one of the things God laid on my heart is to end every meeting in either a government hospital or a, a mission hospital saying, can I pray for you? And, and my first meeting, the woman was really frosty. Frosty was be an understatement. But when I asked to pray for her, we continued our meeting for another 15 minutes. Not really talking about what I wanted to talk about, but talking about what she wanted to talk about, which was fine. Um, what she wanted to talk about was how come people go to church? She goes to church, and how come people go to church, and then on Monday they're real jerks or gossips or whatever, and, and they don't care about these sick people that we're taking care of, that, but on Sunday they say they do. So, and I said, I don't know. 
If I had the answers, I wouldn't be in Belize or I wouldn't be in Tucson. I would be somewhere else, but I don't know. Um, but it's one of my biggest frustrations as a missionary and as a Christian, too. So I, I knew where I was. I kept sending Linda emails telling her that I was safe and okay. And, and I thought they were getting to John, but then I realized there was no Internet connection where he was. So he was... So... So that was my job, was to go do this for my work. And my big transition now has been eight years as a missionary where I was encouraged to share the gospel and now in a secular environment at the University of Arizona, finding out how can I share the gospel. I, gospel. I know I'm supposed to share the gospel, um, but how to do it in a secular environment. Um, and that's been a challenge, and it's been fun, but God's been with me all through that, too. I'm Jen in Bowdoin, and um, the main thing I got out of the Belize trip was uh, the community aspect. Just I realized after a few days of being there that I had not lived and served and shared all my meals with the same group of people since I was in college. Um, so that was, that was a real treat, and I felt like I was living out and experiencing the body of Christ. Um, one of the pictures I picked was the, the bottom pictures of the construction project we did, and I learned very quickly that um, we, we couldn't have done it without all of our our individual hands working on that. Um, if, even if we weren't very talented with construction, there was a job for everyone to do, um, whether it was I was just cutting cutting screens, kind of a um, seemed meaningless task, but it was uh, a part of the whole as it came together. And um, the last picture I picked is the upper left one. Those were the leaders who are missionaries and served down there full time. And um, whenever I'm in Central America, whether it's Mexico or, or Guatemala or in Belize, for some reason I can just hear God more clearly. And um, the word that stood out to me was trust. And these four people just were living out that word, trust. They were trusting God for their finances and for their mission work and for the school they were running. And it was... Um, they were just a living testimony of trust for me to experience for that week. Hello, I'm Kurt Koenig. I uh, titled my slide, Surprised by God. It's a spoof off, I mean, a, a, a reference to a book that C.S. Lewis wrote called Surprised by Joy. Um, my experience at Belize was like trying to take, take a drink of water from a fire hydrant and trying to retain a small piece of that. Um, so I have three pictures here of things that happened. I'm going to zoom in on the upper right picture there. That's my percentage I can retain. Um, when we were uh, planning to go to Belize, I was told I was going to give a, a Bible study to that eighth grade class. That's the eighth graders the teacher and three kids. Uh, the teacher's name is Patricia. And I had all these high expectations on this mathematic, you know, I'm, I'm equations analysis kind of guy. And I had all these expectations. I'm going to just spew God onto these kids and they're going to have all these light bulbs coming on. But I knew ahead of time because John had said, hold on loosely to what you're planning because your plans will change. And so over the course of time, oh, uh, Patricia, all I knew about Patricia, that's her name, is that we had a want list of what we could give our teachers so we could bless them by the end of the week. And one of the things on our list was cheesecake, which you can't transport cheesecake. Somehow I was able to get cheesecake from a town nearby into the freezer of that cafeteria without melting. And that just made her melt, you know, when I, when I got, got it to her. But um, over the course of time, I ended up... Uh, I don't know if I made any light bulbs come on with the, t with the kids. Uh, they were very sharp kids, and they could almost catch everything I was throwing at them. But I think um, I was able to communicate to all four of them 
that no matter what they think, what they say, whatever opinion they take, I wasn't going to judge them. I wanted them just to feel at ease with whatever position they were going to take. And um, that ended up uh, working really well on the teacher. And by the end of the week, um, I gave her three large bottles of soda and some chocolate chip cookies at the time when we were supposed to all bless our teachers. And I said, I said to Patricia, um, if I had my way, I'd if I had my way, I'd try to bless, just heap all kinds of blessings on you, but this is all I've got right now. And I said, is there a place we can go where we can just pray for any needs you might have? So we, we go into the corner of the cafeteria. That's the cafeteria there. Everyone's there meeting, and we're all in their little small places. And, and so she starts opening up to me about different needs that she has. And, and finally, everyone else is done. Mary comes by, which is good. My wife comes by. And right then she drops this big, huge need she had that she hadn't told anybody in the school and so Mary and I start counseling her, just listening to her tell her story. And uh, it's sad to hear the need, but it was really good to have this deep connection with this other person. Um, the other thing I know, learned from this experience is we Americans have so much stuff, and these people don't. And so why should they hear us talk about our God to them when we have our stuff, and, and it's hard for us to share stuff with other people? Um, so it was amazing to see it, us somehow God work and just allow this connection to happen. So Mary and I ended up going up into her classroom. We prayed for a while for her and just had this good connection. And, and so that was a big lesson we learned. Another fire hydrant idea was it's not tasks that you learn, that, that you do. It's establishing relationships. And so that was one of the big things I learned from this, uh, this time. Emily. Um, so when I first went into the trip, I was very, very scared and nervous. I think that was just because it was going into 10 days of mostly unknown, and that was scary for me. I was also very um, scared of, not really scared, but uncomfortable with the fact that I was going to be disconnected from the world for 10 days, meaning like Facebook and texting my friends, which is something that I am very fond of. <laughs> and um, it was it was a good experience for me because I learned it. Um, I learned that God's desire is for us to spend time with Him and not be distracted, and that was a very good learning experience. And now I have more desire to spend time with God because I know what it's like to just get rid of all distractions. Um, another, that picture up there, I'm with Fiona, and that's our first grade class that we taught. That was an absolute blast for me to work with Fiona and to get to know the kids. The first day we got there, the Monday morning when we were um, starting the school week and we were going to teach Bible, we got there, and it was mine and Mary's birthday the day before. So Emerson, he had the kids sing happy birthday to us. And basically that was just screaming at the top of their lungs. But that was, <laughs> that was really funny. And after that, immediately kids were just running up to us with huge smiles on their faces, giving us hugs. We hadn't even met them. We didn't even know their name. That was just such a fun time. I had a huge, like, I've never smiled so much in my life, to be honest. Um, and then the rest of the week, when I was teaching with Fiona, it was, it was interesting being in a teaching position, because I'm a student, obviously, and I'm usually the student, the one, you know, like, I'm not the one that's looked up to. So for the whole week, I was being looked up to by these kids and that was really that was really amazing and I learned like um, God uses people of all ages to teach and share his word and his love and that included the kids the kids showed me God's love in many ways and taught me his word and um, 
also that picture there, three iguanas, <laughs> you know. Um, we went on a amazing hunting trip with Emerson, and we hunted some iguanas, but I'm sure there are many of you who want to share about that, so I'll just leave that there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Fiona, and this whole trip was about also trusting God. From the beginning, from fu raising funds, um, he just blessed me so much, like he went above and beyond. And throughout the whole trip, he just showed me his love and what he's all about. And so the corner, top one, is our first grade class, like she said, and we had to really trust him because... I had never taught anything to children before, and so I walk in and all these little eyes are looking at me, and it was pretty scary, so. But like the first day our Bible, um, we had a little glass to show how he, we added bleach to colored water to show how he washed away sin, and ours didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ran and got more bleach, and it still didn't work. And so I guess that was our first experience of trusting God. And, and the kids, I don't even think, remembered by the end of the class that that even happened. So, and then the bottom picture, um, God used all the kids to bless me uh, so much. But these three boys were attached to my hip the whole week. And they dragged me to play soccer. They would jump on me at random times. It was, I'm glad my back held out the whole week, but those three boys just blessed me, and so yeah, and then that's me holding the iguana, and that's just, uh, I heard terrifying stories of iguana hunting by numerous people, and so I trusted God and went just for the experience, and it ended up being a blast, and Watching Emerson climb a tree and shake out iguanas was pretty cool. And so, yeah, it was just awesome to see how trusting God, he blesses you even more than you think. So, Well, I'm Dave Drum, and I learned that God is Belizean. Um, <clears throat> he's also American, and he's, uh, he doesn't have nationality, but it's a lot of times easier to experience him in other cultures than it is in your own. And I had experienced that before on some previous uh, overseas mission trips. So what I was super excited about was the chance to take my family with me on this one, my wife and two kids because they had not had that experience before. So um, while I was down there, um, even while the whole week was going on, the one picture is we had some uh, quiet devotional time. Um, and like Emily talked about being unplugged, a lot of times I do my journaling on the computer and I couldn't do that. So I had to journal it by hand. It was much slower and just the very act of slowing down was incredibly helpful. Um, in the evening devotional times that we had together as a team. The whole time I was having a wonderful experience, but I was completely unaware of what God was doing in my own heart until I got back. And I realized on Monday how much God had done in me over those last 10 days. And there were several things that were just, I, I wanted to hang on to. And I was happy to say yesterday, I looked back over my journal and um, I've hung on to them pretty well. Not completely, but, uh, but significantly. I'm not in the same place that I was before Belize. Um, one of those is that relationships trump tasks. And that's really hard uh, in America. But um, if we can at least approach it that way, it helps. Um, second one is that all time belongs to God. And so you can just trust him with it. And what gets done is what gets done. And everything else will just have to be all right. Um, and then putting God first, literally as well as figuratively. None of those new insights, but
but all uh, reshaped in my heart in a pretty significant way. So that was a, a big part of my experience. And then uh, transitioning to the next part of our, our presentation, um, our family loves to um, do music together. We've all enjoyed that a great deal. And so um, on the closing, the final school day of the week, they had a big assembly, and we had put together a song that we sang for the group as a family. And so the team asked if we would sing it for you too. So I'm going to ask the rest of my family to come on up. Hi, my name's Valerie, and I'm married to Dave and parents of Daniel and Emily. First, I'm going to talk about what did God do through me in Belize, and then I'm going to talk about what did God do in me in Belize. Um, you can see in the one picture some young people with flags, and so um, I helped to lead an after-school activity for, I think it was three or four days, and... I just prayed and prayed, what can I do for an after-school activity? Probably something musical, but what ended up happening was I felt like I was supposed to kind of give them an opportunity to make uh, worship flags and do some creative movement with the worship flags. And um, it was challenging um, in a different, in an extremely human environment to be using fabric glue and fabric paint. <laughs> Um, because that wasn't the problem. The problem was that it just, like, would not dry. And I just had to keep relaxing. Um, 
and it did dry when right when it was time for the presentation it all came together and it was all dry and we used the background music god of this city and that was a miracle story in itself and basically the highlight of the presentation was we kind of acted out a story at the same time we kind of worshiped with the flags and um the climax of the story was that there was like a little girl who was dressed as a robber the theme was kind of like overcome evil with good and she 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 goes down beneath the flags and she rips off her robber's mask and she just comes right out and all the flags just went like this and it was a real exciting moment and um and just really pointed to god's goodness um and then uh, the other thing that i did uh, was to help with the preschool level at the Toledo Christian Academy. And um, I love preschoolers. I used to be a preschool music specialist, and I also did a little teaching in a preschool. And um, so it was easy to volunteer for preschool. But what I didn't know was that God had sort of something in mind. And when I was there um, watching Juliana, who is um, the principal's wife, Emerson, who you've heard mentioned, he's the principal of the school. Juliana is the his wife. They are they work very very hard, and I could see just burnout written all over her face um, as she was teaching. She just was pretty expressionless and tired looking. Although everything she was teaching was amazing, and the kids were amazing, amazing, <laughs> um, great results at this school. Um, anyways, um, so when it was time for us to bless the teachers towards the end of the week, I was able to give her a verse and it was, um, from the Psalms and it was about God, um, protects the godly with his shield of love. So I had the kids color stuff and present her with this, this Bible verse and with all their coloring and drawing. And as I was doing it, well, and just even, I also served her um, by teaching for a day and just getting her away. And I wanted her to just go home and rest, but she ended up doing other things, but they were much needed things. But anyways, as we were presenting this, the children and I were presenting this verse to her and this, these, she just, she was overcome by the Holy Spirit. She was, wow. It was, it was amazing. And I just thank God that I could give her a blessing and pray that it gives her some energy. Um, and I think it did. Anyways, and then what God did in me in Belize started before Belize and in our community group. Um, we were praying one night before the Belize trip, and I was really scared to go to Belize because of the time commitment and all the work that would go into it beforehand. And when, anyways, we were praying in the community group, and I had this vision of Jesus with this just huge smile on his face, and he was just like, he was just like, and I could see the jungle. I could see, like, jungle. And he was just beckoning me, and he, it looked to me like his face was saying, come and play. And it was very powerful. And so one of the mornings when we had devotions, um, it was so powerful I didn't even talk about it to anybody except Dave. Anyways, when, when we were in Belize, and it was, we were doing morning devotions, we would kind of go our separate ways to find a quiet place. And on, I don't know, the third morning or something, I found this stump that was laid down, so it made, you know, a nice little bench. I sat down, and I looked up, and it was like, this is the exact same scene that was in my vision. And I couldn't, anyways, during the week, um, I struggled with just playing. So we went to, to um, a place where we were swimming. I didn't want to swim because it was too cold. And I saw that, you know, I'm in my 40s, but I saw people older than myself jumping in, playing, having a blast. And I'm like, what is going on with me? I'm aging more rapidly than I want to. And so then the second time we went swimming, um, some of the group was off iguana hunting. I decided okay, if they can hunt iguana, and if Jesus told me to come play, I am going to jump into this water. And I did. <laughs> and I did at one point think I saw like a slimy snake underwater, and then I like <laughs> swam back. But 
I did it, and I played, and I had a, a great, great time, and I enjoyed seeing John, our leader, jump into the water with um, the caretaker's children over and over, and he was like, you want to jump in one more time? And then he'd get back up, and then he kept telling the kids, you want to jump in one more time? And so, anyways, Jesus now, to me, is, he's relaxed. We always want Jesus to be stressed out, like when he was in the boat sleeping and there was a storm. They tried to convince him to be stressed out. Jesus, there's a storm. You're supposed to be stressed out. How can you be asleep? But Jesus invited me to be carefree. He's not relaxed in that he doesn't care, but he invites us to this life of childhood, a carefree childhood. All right, you get me again. Um, God is at work, amen? And uh, we sometimes get myopic, so focused in on what we're doing every day that we forget that God is at work everywhere. Um, and so uh, us going to Belize was helped to open up my eyes to remind me of that. I, I, it's like, duh, I know God is at work everywhere. But to be able to minister with God's good people, with God, for God's good people um, in Belize was uh, a treasure. You walk on the campus at TCA, and you you can palpably feel God's presence there. They are a light in the darkness. And uh, our whole focus going into this time was just to bless and to shower blessings on this whole community. And one of the ways in which we, th we thought we could be effective um, and to love on them would be as you've heard, we helped teach, we taught devotions every morning, we did reading groups, we did math groups. There's so many more stories to tell about how each one of these people were paired up with the perfect teacher to minister to that teacher's needs and to the kids' needs. Um, a very quick, simple example is Dave was paired up with a teacher where they, the kids had um, struggled in math, and he's a math whiz, and he, he helped encourage those kids. Who knew when we picked a teacher that that was that we were going to meet all those specific needs? Um, did you really? That's so outstanding. And so the way God paired us all up, we went down there thinking, okay, we're just going to bless them however we can. So throughout the week, we 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 worked in their classrooms, um, and on the last day, um, John and I had talked, and I I. As, a, as an educator, um, I thought, well, I'll do some teacher training. And for months, I was like, what should I do? I, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I don't want to go in there and think that I know everything. And, uh, but God just kept saying, just bless them. I'll, I'll show you. Just, just focus on blessing them. And so just about a week beforehand, I said, you know, any, anything else you got, John, that God's, you know, in, in your heart? And he's, I don't know, just think about unity maybe. And so um, I, we, we, I talked, we talked about it, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll do one of the things that I like to do whenever I'm with a community of people is to do trust-building games and problem-solving games. And you, uh, you, you guys probably don't know, but we did them ourselves as a team. And so my theme for my little slide is the idea of unity. I had the opportunity to do... Um, teacher development, professional development with these teachers and with the educators on my own team. And to have Belizeans and Americans all in the same room that where I was just trying to bless them um, was rewarding beyond all belief. Um, what you're seeing here, just the easy description of it, is um, I said, have you ever tied overhand knot? You do it every day when you tie your shoes. This is basically an overhand knot. Well, what we did was we got four people, and we can I have three people really quick for my team? Just come real quick. Let me show you what we had to do. Let's take that. Can I take that, Jerry? All right. Thank you. Okay. So we weren't there, by the way. Yeah, they So he said, now make an overhand knot with the knot right here. 
Okay, now you saw how long it took for us just to grab ropes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to make him do it because then we would miss the whole game. It took the, we had, oh, what did we have, four or five groups of teachers? The first group, it took about 45 minutes to get to that point. It was amazing to see them talk and work together um, and our own people being involved in that. And then once the one group figured it out, then they would help the other groups. And there was this beautiful trickle-down effect of unity, not just within um, the people that were within that room, but John shared that night that he, he had used our team, uh, God had used our team to break strongholds that were going on in that community. And this is just one small picture of how God was at work ministering in the heavenly realm, the supernatural realm, to this community. Um, and he used us to do that. And so when, you know, when I came up and I said, God is at work, amen, I mean that with all my heart. And it remind, this is a reminder every day in everything that I do in the little ways or the big ways of what I do every day, God is at work. So um, I am grateful for that and how he used us. Hi, I'm Daniel, and as you know, those are my, that's my family. We all went down together, which was definitely a blessing. Um, so what I want to talk about is kind of what God taught me um, through the week, something that, as my dad said, I didn't really realize until I got back, and that was um, the importance of relationships. And um, so we came to this church for the first time in August, I don't know, September, October. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> We, we visited here for the first time, and we um, heard about this Belize mission trip, and, and I, I had went home with my family that night, and we talked about it, and I was like, yes, I want to do this. I, like, I was adamant we have to go on this trip. I've always wanted to go on some kind of mission trip um, since I was a little kid when my dad and my older sister went to Africa, and I've always kind of been a little jealous. Um, so it was awesome to be able to do that. But anyways, so we were new to this church, and... Um, you know, we didn't really know that many people here. It was a little slow going. Um, and so this trip was really a blessing because I got to meet, you know, these uh, very interesting group of people. <laughs> you know, there's, everyone's different, and it was awesome. And it, it was such a, an interesting um, composition of people um, that I didn't expect at all because, like, at first I thought it was a youth trip. You know, okay, cool, I'm a youth. And... Uh, <laughs> We go to our first, our, our first meeting, and there's one person besides my sister that's, like, near my age. <laughs> and it was like, all right, well, that's, that's fine, I guess. I can, I can get through with that. But um, the whole week was just, like, the most fun I'd ever had in such a long time. And it was just amazing, you know, after the fact, when I got back, I'm like, what was so fun about that? And it was really just spending time with other godly people and that was something I don't really get to do very often because like our old church there wasn't many youth and youth group wasn't like existent at all and it was just you know it sucked because there wasn't anyone to talk to there wasn't anyone I connected with and um so this trip really helped me connect with other godly people and that was such a big blessing to me it kind of like filled a little hole in my heart that I didn't even know was there um so that was awesome so these pictures are just the left bottom left corner is just um, we had a little group meeting time every night. At the end of the day, we're all tired, exhausted from the day's work, and it was just really cool to be able to sit down with our team and just um, we like someone would teach a little lesson, um, and we just kind of talk and hang out, and it was awesome. And like that's something that I you know I never do. I never sit in a room for an hour with 13 other people and just talk. That doesn't happen. But it was like so much fun to do. And it really, that's like what filled me up. And so then the other one is um, we did a little skit on Friday, which was the last day of the school week. They, they have um, their Bible time as a school. Um, and we, the team kind of did like led that Bible time. And so one of the things we talked about doing for it was a little skit. I had this idea to do a skit of Daniel in the lion's den. And um, that's them acting it out right now, or right in that picture. So that was just a little fun thing that I was able to do um, with, with my team. That was just a huge blessing. 
and it just strengthens our relationships, and it was awesome. So yeah, I think what God taught me um, was definitely how important relationships are and how much they can fill you up. So yeah. Well, I could say ditto to everything and shorten this <laughs> seriously, but I'll try to keep it really short. Um, we have uh, been here for over 40 years. We have housed a lot of missionaries at our house, um, and so enjoyed them. We support a lot of missionaries, and we've sent a lot of kids on short-term mission trips, and we finally at 63 said, it's our turn, we're going, we're going to get to go and see God worshiped in another culture and meet his people and see what happens. And um, it really was great. And it's funny how many of us picked slides of our evening worship time. That tells you how powerful it was. But I did the same thing I do every day. Um, well, kind of. I, I work as a kindergarten uh, reading tutor in a public school from 8 to 10. So I'm real used to kindergarten kids, and that was fun to be with them, but um, because I work in a public school, we don't get to do Bible stories and memory verses. So that was, that was just a joy. And I just hung out with that teacher and tried to encourage her because she had only been there a month or two. So that was great. Um, but before we went, I remember saying, John would kind of say, are you guys going? Are you guys going? And I'd go, well, yeah, if there's something for us to do. That was my big thing, do. I don't know why. I guess I'm a workaholic and didn't know it. <laughs> I mean, I knew Bob would have lots to do, but I thought, what can I do? I mean, this, and then am I going to sit around and do nothing all day? And so I, could, I didn't want to rationalize spending the money and, you know, all that. <clears throat> But I went, you know, with very little expectations, kind of enjoyed getting to know this group before we went. Um, but really, guys, I think what the Lord did for me, because I kind of finished at noon and I had all afternoon, and I, I was just free to watch. And the kids would walk me down to the garden, the kids who lived there, um, I watched soccer, I, I, I just watched the construction, I, and I watched these three teenagers <coughs> work and play so hard all day, and then at night we would come together, and those worship times, I, I just don't think I sit and rest as much as I need to. And I think the Lord said, it's okay. I mean, I got to journal, which I love to journal, and I don't have enough time to. I just have long lists of daily, hourly things that were just a blessing to me. And those worship times were just really a blessing. And duh, did you hear the drums? Do you know what it's like sitting in a small little room, worshiping together and hearing the drums harmonize? I thought I had died and gone to heaven, really. <laughs> and that would have been fine. I would have been fine with that. <clears throat> but anyway, it, I'm just glad we got to go. It truly was a blessing. And just to tell you how much we all fell in love with each other and so close, that when we came back, well, first we had to say goodbye at the airport. And that next Sunday we came back. We were late, duh, as usual. <laughs> sitting in the back row, and I'm like looking for where's the Belize people, where's the Belize people, and as soon as church was over, it was like, we just all had to be together again, it was the sweetest thing, and Fiona ran up from the nursery, and it was like, where are you guys, so it was just a blessing, guys, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not more specific, but <laughs> that's that. I'm Mary, and I'm married to Kurt Koenig, the um, equation man. Uh, <laughs> my time in Belize was spent with the fifth grade, and they are the bottom left here. And uh, 
I, I went um, thinking that I was going to bless them. I was told that I would probably be more blessed than I would bless, but I really wasn't expecting um, the degree and what and how God was going to bless me. Um, I picked uh, You Are God's Chosen Treasure for my theme for the Bible time that I shared with the fifth grade, and I, I kind of looped that in um, for the blessing of my teacher. And so here I was um, desiring to impart this truth to these students, and I prayed that it would take root deep in their heart, and I was blown away by the realization that that was exactly what God wanted to speak into my heart uh, for the week, for that week. And the, some of the ways he did that was through um, Emerson the, um, here on the um, left. And he, uh, he shared the first day that we were there that... Um, that we were in this boat, that God had called us to Belize, that we had gotten in the boat, and that it was Jesus' responsibility, and it was his work to get us to the other side. It was his work to get us through the week. And that was the first glimmer of how God was going to take care of me through the week and get me through the week and show me what a chosen treasure that I am to him. The next way is in this top um, small picture, the little boy over here, Frank, I spent 10 minutes with Frank helping him with math. He's in the third grade. And for the rest of the time during um, snack time and lunch time, he would get some snacks. You can see he's got, he's got a bag in his hand right there. And he would find me and bring his snacks over and share one with me. And at first I didn't really want to think, I shouldn't take from him. I've got so much and he has so little. And I thought, I don't want to um, deprive him of the blessing of sharing. And so I just didn't realize that that little act was going to connect us far further and, and bless me. And he would, he'd find me, and he'd hide behind me, and we'd play hide-and-seek. And, seek. and um, one day I thought I was hiding from him, and I had on a bright red shirt. And Jen pointed out that he can find you wherever you are because you're in red. And he just, that just blessed my heart. Um, and then in my, um, in my quiet time, the second day I was asked if I could, if I would be the substitute teacher for the, for my class for the fifth grade. And I help out here, here in town. I am a a teacher's assistant. I do not teach. And so with absolutely no preparation at all, I got to step into the fifth grade and teach them. And that morning, um, God gave me this verse, Luke twenty-two thirty-five. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. And at the end of the day, as I reflected and felt God asking me that same question, when I sent you without preparation, without training, did you lack anything? And I said nothing because I'm God's chosen treasure. And then in our, our circle time, um, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but it came up, you know, what did God do today or what really blessed you? One of my team members, Daniel, first thing said Mary got to teach. And that just blew me away. It, it, it made me cry. Um, and then finally, God, when I finally got the, I finally had the realization of what God was trying to show me, that God was trying to impart this to me, that I'm um, a treasure, was the last day. And in my quiet time, um, looking at the attribute of Father, and these two verses, 1 John 2, 1 and Jude 1, where it speaks about, um, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and that we are kept by Jesus Christ. And just overcome with, with um, 
with being blessed by God and, and what, how he feels about all of us. And so who's blessing who? I went thinking that I was going to bless, had some inclination that, that I would be blessed as well, but was blown away with the degree that God wanted to bless me and how it was in everything. It wasn't compartmentalized. It was every single thing. And the extra blessing is I got to take some of the blessing home with, through these people right here. Okay, well, it, it, it was truly a, a blessing. I don't know. Um, one day Emerson got a hold of me, and, and Emerson was a guy who, who found out that I like to hunt and fish, and I play soccer and coach soccer, and, and that's everything he does. So he goes, hey, would you like to go on an iguana hunt? I said, hey, that'd be great. Well, let's get some of the guys together. We'll go up to iguana hunting. And... The bottom picture is, is you're, you, you know, you're literally out in the, the Amazon in the jungle and you're walking up the water trying to catch these iguana. And I, I said to him, I said, you know, what, did you just shoot them out of the trees or what? He goes, oh, no. He says, you can do that. He says, but we do it the way the generation from generation does it. He says, so we get out there and he literally climbs up the tree like Fiona said and he gets up there 30, 40 feet in these big trees and he shakes these branches and these iguanas jump. And they jump all the way, crashing through the jungle. They hit the ground, and they head for the water. And so we're all sitting there waiting for the guanas to come into the water and, and grab them. And as they came through, you know, we'd, we'd be looking at them, and they'd take off. And, you know, I'm thinking they're going to bite. And, you know, and they'd, you'd see them, and you'd you know, grab them. Well, one of them, the one where I'm holding this one up over here on the right, it was, it was funny. This guana come through. Daniel and I were sitting there, and we both grabbed hold of them. And we get to look. So we go, oh, I missed another one. So we're sitting there. And all of a sudden I see him iguana at the bottom of the, the river there. And he's crawling across it. So I go, there he is. So I jump in. And I miss him again. So I'm sitting there going, oh. And I look around. And then he's, he's coming around this way. So I, I start to go over. And I grab him by the tail. And at the same time, I think that he's turning around to bite me. So I kind of freaked. And I slipped and fell on top of him submerged myself all in the water. Well, everybody's watching this. And so I come out, and, and all I could do is, is I'm on top of him with his tail. I thought, I've got to get this thing away from me because he's going to bite me. So I come flying out of the water with this iguana, and everybody's going, yeah! And, and it, was, it was unbelievable. You know, just what was so cool about it was everybody was just having a blast. And these iguanas just jump out of these trees, and, <laughs> and it was crazy. It was such a blast, and it was such a good way to just build some camaraderie, you know, and, 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 and with the young people. And Mike and I, were, it was just, it was just a, a blast. The other th slides up there is, is uh, some of the kids in the soccer. And this picture over on the left, it's, it's got all the kids that were there on the last day. We went through the very first day um, I got them together, and I had about 40 kids, and I went, okay, what do you want to do? Let's, let's do some training, and we'll play some games. And after that first day, uh, I asked all the kids, I said, look, you know, I can come out here and just let you play soccer, or I can train you. That's what I do. I'm a coach. I train kids. And they go, we want to be trained. I said, okay, if you want to be trained, then we're going to do it seriously. I said, I'm not going to. This isn't playtime. They said, okay. So the rest of the week, they came out, and they, they literally, and I had help, you know, Fiona and, and Jen and, and Meg and Mike, you know, we had these groups, and we just started training them, and they tried to, they took it seriously. Well, the last day, what they're wearing there are soccer uniforms, and what I did is before the trip, I asked my club team, I said, look, I'm going to Belize, and I want to, I wanna, you know, bring a bunch of stuff down. So I said, okay, great, yeah, it's wonderful. So they started giving me stuff. And I had bags and bags and bags. Two days before the trip, I went to a local soccer shop here, and I know the people there. I said, hey, look, I'm going to Belize. Here's what we're doing. You know, is there anything you can give me? They go, come in the back. They give me literally boxes and boxes of soccer cleats. Every one of these kids, we took the soccer cleats, and we put them in the library, and there was 40 pair. And they lined them up, and we just put sizes and everything. I, uh, three at a time, I go, go in there and pick out your shoes. 
And they run in there, and it's like, you know, Christmas, you know, and shoes and soccer uniforms. So that last picture is just all of them, you know, all just being blessed, you know. And, and, they, and they had the soccer club I coached for, Tucson Soccer Academy, so it says TSA. And at the end of the day, they were all, you know, shouting, TSA, and we call it the Toledo Soccer Academy. <laughs> and so, and, and, uh, and, and so they were just had a, a wonderful time. And, and, uh, and to be honest with you, it, it, you know, to bless these kids, and it was more of a blessing to the people in my club team and the parents that gave. They were so excited to see these pictures and go, Bob, this is great. This is wonderful what you're doing. And, and so for me, you know, as I came back, uh, you know, I was kind of wondering, what, what, you know, what is I experiencing here? What is God doing? You know, what is he saying to me in this? And, um, and to be honest with you, I was in my element there. I mean, I was construction working during the day. I was coaching soccer in the afternoon. I was hunting and fishing. You know, I mean, what else could you, I mean, I was just having a blast. And so I'm going, you know, what is God saying to me in this? You know, I'm, I'm nothing to you. I'm just having a blast and blessing these people and having fun. And the other day in the, in the Word, this is, what, this is what God gave to me. And it's when Paul is talking to the Corinthians, and he's talking about the gifts that they've been giving and saving for him. And he, he says, as it is written, he quotes a psalm, he, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And then Paul goes on to say, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions to thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your <coughs> confession in sharing the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And I, and I, I see that as just for all of us who were on that trip. And he closes and he says, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Um, I'm going to wrap up our time with, uh, with this slide. This was the last day that... Um, we were in country, and um, it's a place called Laughingbird Key. And um, I want to read a verse before I go into the story. Uh, chapter 5 of Matthew, um, uh, verse 6 says, uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Um, as I thought about what would be good to close out our time and to give you a good idea really of what God did. If you haven't picked it up already, I think that kind of gives a good summary of what God did in our hearts. Um, he left us um, in a place of complete satisfaction. I want to read that same verse again, uh, but from the Amplified Version. It says, blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. Um, that was a, an awesome place. Um, I didn't put it up there because that brought us satisfaction. I put it up there because a lot of times when people think of uh, paradise, it looks something like that. Um, I put it more up there as a word picture for what God did in each of us and how I believe um, because our desire was to serve and our desire was to follow hard after him and to be open to what he wanted to do, that a result of that, a big result of that, was that 
um, we left being completely satisfied in God um, in how he poured into us and how he poured through us. Um, we, um, in our meetings before we went down, I oftentimes would say, guys, I just want you to know that we are going down with um, ideas of things to do and um, we have an agenda and things that we want to accomplish and we want to bless the people that are there. Um, but I can almost guarantee you that we are going to be the ones that are blessed the most. Um, not that we wouldn't bless those that are there, but we would walk away with a greater blessing. And I think you've uh, witnessed that um, as we've shared tonight, uh, that when we seek after God, that he completely satisfies. Well, that's just the tip of what happened. But uh, it was fun to be able to share with you guys tonight. Um, we're going to, I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up, and we're, gonna, we're going to worship the Lord and take communion. I want to remind you that the communion table is open. And as we go, just come up and come up with somebody and break bread and share that with one another. Um, and we'll finish our time just worshiping the Lord together. <laughs>